Hi, I'm Elena, and this is Utah, the Wild Wacky West, where you can get all of your weird history and legends specifically about Utah. We'll be covering topics like Brigham Young, the monstrous bear Old Ephraim, the shocking Mountain Meadows Massacre, Highway 666, and much, much more. everybody this is Elena and this is Utah the wild and wacky west and today we are going to be covering the absolutely horrific Mountain Meadows massacre um, this massacre was in 1857 and it happened like the start date was either on September 7th or 8th it lasted for five days um, it was a massacre of about 50 to 60 Mormon militia and they killed um, 120 Arkansas settlers. But before we go into the actual massacre, I need to give you some background context about what was happening in Utah at the time. So during this time, the um, Utah had just recently become a state or not a state, but it just recently became a territory, like Mexico had just succeeded um, Utah to the U.S., and so Brigham Young was appointed as the governor, and it was kind of during the start of the Mormon slash Utah War that's between um, Brigham Young and the federal government. So while Brigham Young, he was the governor of Utah, but he disagreed and refused to follow like federal laws and mandates and they would send U.S. Uh, government officials to Utah but Brigham Young kind of refused to really talk with them or do anything with them so they went back and were like Utah's horrible Brigham Young's horrible yada yada he's not doing what we tell him and like everything um, because Mormons were very wary of outsiders. That's the whole reason why they moved to Utah in the first place was because they got persecuted um, in other states, so they moved to Utah. And the government declared Utah, like the territory of Utah, as a rebellion state and sent soldiers to um, go and like quell the rebellion. Um, and Brigham Young's a whole kind of plan on winning was to not fight the government or not fight the armies directly but rather to attack supply trains so he had closed all trails to immigrants who were because people would use Utah as a passing through to get to California and so he closed all those trails and required a permit for people who were traveling, but most people didn't know you had to have a permit because it was a very sudden thing and like he didn't broadcast it, of course. Um, he also forbid Mormons to sell supplies to travelers and he encouraged Native American tribes that um, the Mormons were friends with, basically, to attack wagon trains. And then also another thing that kind of increased tensions between Utah and the rest of the U.S. was um, a popular Mormon missionary, Parley Pratt, had actually recently been murdered in Arkansas. 
<clears throat> and he was murdered by one of his wives legal husband um and it was also in arkansas and the settlers that they killed were from arkansas as well so that's kind of the correlation there and they were also there was a whole bunch of rumors spread by people that they were um the migrants were being extremely rude and insulting to the mormons and like taunting them saying that the army's going to come and kill them all Although there were other rumors, or there were other accounts that said they were perfectly pleasant and they weren't doing any of that. So nobody really knows what was accurate because they died. Um, and actually, the Utah War never actually ended up happening anyways because the army didn't face any opposition and Brigham Young eventually agreed to allow for a new governor and so Utah was pardoned. So... But yeah, so that's a little background content, context about what was happening and why the tensions were so high in Utah at the time. And so we're gonna go into the massacre now. So the original wagon train, it was called the Baker Fancher Wagon Train. And there was 137 Arkansas settlers. Um, they had about 18 to 30 wagons, roughly. And actually, the train was mostly women and children, and it was said that the women and children outnumbered the men two to one. And again, they were going on the California Trail, so they were just passing through Utah to get to California. And it happened in the Mountain Meadows Valley in Utah. is about an hour or so away from Cedar City. Um, and the people who attacked them were a militia made of about 60 to 70 LDS or Latter-day Saints um, like <laughs> men and it was led by Major John D. Lee and they also coerced um, a couple not a whole lot but a few southern Paiute Native Americans to attack with them and the whole reasoning be behind them getting the southern Paiute to attack with them is so they could blame them for the attack and they actually had painted themselves and like dressed up to look like um, Native Americans themselves. So they first attacked them on September 7th or 8th and the attack actually ended up lasting five days which they weren't expecting because the settlers fought back hard. They made a fort because they were ambushed but they just immediately grabbed their guns and fought back and they made a fort with their wagons they like circled them so it made a little barrier and they dug a pit to um, make sure that they didn't get hit by like gunshots that passed through and so the because the attack lasted so long the mormons the mormon militia kind of got nervous that the settlers would recognize that they weren't actually Native Americans and um, they devised a plan. So Lee, the Major Lee, he went into the camp with a white flag and he said, he told them that they were part of the Mormon militia and that they were there to save them from the Paiute Indians and if they just laid down their arms and followed him they would lead them to safety and the settlers thought it was a little weird that they 
wanted them to lay down their arms, but they honestly really didn't have a choice but to do what they said because they were running out of food and water. And so that's what they did. They led that they left their guns and they followed him. And they separated them into three groups. They separated them into wounded and the youngest children, women and older children, and then men. And each man had a armed guard escorting them. And they got to a certain point outside of their, like, away from their fort or makeshift fort. And Lee said some sort of order. It's kind of debated on what he said. But at his, like, order, all of the escorts turned and shot the men point blank. And then the, um, there was a group that were hiding in the bushes and they jumped out and they killed all the women, children, and wounded. They only spared 17 children and the 17 children, they were under seven years old. And the reason why they were spared is because they were considered not credible witnesses and innocent blood under the Mormon faith. So they they stole all of the property and the money of the travelers and they took the like children in with other families. And it was thought that they were killed in vengeance because of um, what happened like in Arkansas and then during the Utah war like that's kind of why people thought they were killed. And it was an act of revenge on people who had persecute, persecuted their religion, even if it wasn't specifically the people who were against the religion. They just wanted to kill someone. They didn't really care who it was. So the after effects of all this was, again, they stole the property and money and they sold it off. But actually, most of the men went back to Brigham, or sorry, not men, most of the money went back to Brigham Young. And the surviving relatives never got any sort of compensation from the church or anything, even to this day. And the people, the men who were in the militia who did this, there was a couple things that happened to them. They either, they all swore an oath to never tell anybody. Um... So some of them fled to Mexico, some of them couldn't like live with themselves for what they did, so they ended up committing suicide, and then others lied. And some eventually did come out with it, that's how we know what happened and we're, are given like why we have so much detailed accounts today. Um, and actually only one man was brought to trial for this, and it was the major, John D. Lee, the leader of them. He became a scapegoat, and he was the only one tried for the crime. He became a fugitive um, until, well, he became a fugitive in November 1874, and they caught him and went to trial in 1875. But actually, even with all of the evidence, it led to be the trial was a hung jury, but he was given, he was given another trial because Brigham Young actually struck a deal with the U.S. attorney the U.S. attorney who was in charge of the trial to give evidence that proved Lee was guilty and he would only give this evidence as long as no other Mormons or the church um, would be implicated. So he like gave this evidence so that nobody else and the church itself wouldn't get any blame. So and during the trial Young made a statement 
saying the time has come when they will try John D. Lee and not the Mormon church, and that is all we have ever wanted. And the evidence did actually lead to Lee's conviction in 1876, and he was actually executed for it in March 1877 at Mountain Meadows Massacre. And he was extremely betrayed by Brigham Young because a lot of people think, and there's a lot of evidence saying that Brigham Young was actually the one who ordered Lee to do the massacre because there's like an inscription that they found like of a letter from Brigham Young that said it and Lee himself said it. Um, so Lee was not very happy with Brigham Young that he did that. And actually Lee's family also feels really betrayed by them as well. So even today, the LDS church still tries to justify or explain away the crime. They actually just like recently um, accepted blame. And so the entire, the legacy of these murders is tangled with lies and deception. And it's actually viewed as America's first act of religious terrorism. Um, today, there's now two monuments in the area of Mountain Meadows. And in 1990, there was a granite monument erected near Dan's Hill that overlooks the killing ground. And it was, by, it was financed by descendants of the settlers who got killed in the state of Utah. And then in 1999, a monument was raised and financed by the LDS Church, which is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's what LDS stands for, if you didn't know. And it's a monument over the graves of the victims. Before these monuments, the monuments that stand now, there was actually a monument made in 1959 because there was a group of men led by Brevet, Brevet Major James Henry Carlton's first dragoons. That was their whole like name. And they had stumbled across the gravesite and actually found um, skulls and skeletons of the people who were killed because when they were killed the Mormon militia only buried them like they buried them really quickly and they were shallow graves so it was very easy for them to come back up basically so these people found them and they made a monument in 1859 but it was actually destroyed in 1871 a sorry not 1871 1861 by people following Brigham Young's orders and now, descendants and friends are trying to lobby to get the ground secured as a national, national historic park or monument because there has been multiple construction plans made to go over the graves and destroy their gravesite, basically. So now we're going to get into a few of the excuses that people make for Brigham Young and what happened. So first... Of course, they blamed the Paiute Indians, and they actually blamed them for years and years. They denied that Mormons were involved in the massacre for over 13 years. And um, the reason... So Brigham Young actually made an official report four months after the killing that um, he said that the Arkansas settlers in the wagon train had poisoned four Indians and that the Paiutes attacked them and killed them and they just got what they deserved. 
because they had poisoned them, even though there's no evidence and there's no record of that ever happening. And they, again, denied the Mormons were involved. Um, everyone kind of knew because word traveled really fast about what had happened because it was absolutely horrific. It was actually the worst um, murder that had, or the worst deaths that had ever happened on the California Trail. It was even worse than the Donner Party. So it was pretty dang bad. So it spread like wildfire and everybody kind of knew that they had done it, but they really couldn't prove it until they got John D. Lee. But so years later, even after Brigham Young had died, the LDS church still claimed that Brigham Young issued orders to prevent the massacre and that the leaders of Southern Utah had done this by themselves and they lied to him. But that's no, knowing the Mormon church, there's no way that that had happened because devout Mormon authorities would never lie to him and they wouldn't lie to him because he was the prophet of the Mormon church. He was the leader. He was the prophet and he could see all and he would know if he, they had lied to him. So there's, that excuse is just baseless. Um, and eventually, ultimately, the church did admit and issued an apology for its involvement in the massacre. They finally admitted that, yes, they had something to do with it, that Mormon militia was involved in it, but they still deny that Brigham Young had anything to do with it to this day. So there's a lot of things that are iffy about this case. But, yeah, that's the craziness that happened so, I hope you learned something new, because I know a lot of people don't know about it, and thanks for listening. Bye.